Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. This week, we're talking about the summer of gaming schedule being released, a BlizzCon 2020 being canceled, and Sony, they are about to drop some PlayStation 5 news on our faces. But first, I am Manny G once again, and with me, as always, is your friend and mine, TX Andy Man. Hello. That put a smile on my face, Manny. Thank you. Thank you for doing hey, that. Hey, buddy. Dude, <laughs> Andy, we were just talking, man. Mm. Uh, this has been an absolute crazy week, um, but we're going to do our best to just focus on some gaming, uh, put yes. put the world on the back burner just for this next yes. hour or so, and mm-hmm. uh, see if we can make each other smile. Heck yeah, dude. You do How's a great that, job man? of that. Yeah, you do a great job of that for me. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I do want to share a really funny uh, mm-hmm. post I saw on the social webs. Sure. Uh, I think it was on Joe Rogan's feed. He's, it was a picture of a lady kind of looking off in the distance, sort of like almost like in a spectating fashion. And it says, uh, you know, this is me checking to see what uh what part of revelations we're doing today or something like that <laughs> just you said it's been a rough week dude i think it's been a rough oh, 2020 bro it's yeah <laughs> oh for sure man for sure dude. Uh, what plague is going on this week dude? what do we yeah what sort of awful things are happening today yes but uh, what anyway. what a world yeah but hey what dude video games are a thing <laughs> that we can That's lose true, ourselves man. in for a little while yeah how about how about a little escape for the next hour dude does that sound this good? Sounds wonderful to me, brother. Well, Andy, what kind of gaming mm. adventures have you been up to this week, buddy? Well, dude, man, this week has been a bit crazy. I have been, you know, as always, uh, mm-hmm. getting into some some gaming stuff. This week has been perfect for Monster Hunter because, uh, you know, I'll play a, a little here and there when mm-hmm. I get a chance. Yeah, but nothing like there. Really, there's been no purpose in my gaming. Uh, yeah. so it, it's been just like, oh, I'm going to jump on for a little bit here. I'm going to jump on for a little bit there. Yeah. But nothing. Yeah. nothing. I meant to get into Minecraft cause it's available for, or yeah, Minecraft dungeons cause it's available mm-hmm. for, um, game, game pass. pass, but I have not had a chance. I haven't even downloaded it. So yeah. I feel dude, like I'm like going to do gigs, that. Dude, I'll download in a second. Yeah. I feel Tiny like I'm going to do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> But how about you, dude? What have you been doing? Well, I I did start off the week by just leveling up Warcraft just a bit, uh, mm-hmm. just some characters. But I've I've been taking a break from that. Minecraft Dungeons. I installed it. My boys super excited, so we started playing together, and mm. they love it. It's a really really good fun time, dude. Like as as soon as we booted it up, I'm just like thinking this is adorable. This is just mm. so cute. <laughs> it's mm. real funny, dude. It's real funny because like action RPGs, that's like, you know, that's the bread and butter. Our jam. 
That is so yeah. good. Yeah, that, that type of game is just so fantastic. But it it's like, you know, it's it's a twenty dollar game if you buy it without Game Pass, something like that. Maybe it's more. But it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. so you know, don't expect the world. And right. if you go into it just looking to have some fun, it's pretty fun. There's there's a lot of different skills that are attached to weapons and, and different items you can get. It's kind of mm-hmm. mix up your gameplay a little bit, but um, you know, I just had a good time just playing with my boys. So it's pretty nice, good. dude. Nice. Now, is there enough, uh, you know, like depth to the, uh, skills and, and whatnot or the builds that you can uh, make in there or not, not entirely because there's no class system. You just make okay. a character and the items you equip basically determine your skills uh, as, as you level up, you get these enchantment <laughs> points, and those kind of allow you to unlock different abilities that you can choose mm. on your mm. weapons. And and there's also these, uh, I forgot what they're called, like they're like idols, relics, that give you special abilities. Like one drops a pair of shoes, makes you run fast. Another one lets you drop a healing bubble. And so another one's a fishing pole where you could actually cast it on a mob, and it draws them to you. So... Hmm. It, it's pretty cool there's there's just there's a few different things you can do with the game and and it, it's uh it's it's just fun it's pretty fun but it's not it's not something that i could see myself pouring like a lot of time into right right well good i mean is it i it's supposed to be like a good sort of entry into arpgs right for yeah for the yeah younger. for sure i I think I think it's pretty good, especially for young ones. Right. That uh, you know, you don't want them to see some of the craziness that you can see in some action RPGs with the Yes. Dismemberment and explosions mm-hmm. of, of you know, meat or whatever. <laughs> Demons. Meat shields. Yeah. Yes. So so it's you know, it's definitely toned down. It's fun. It's it's pretty good. I think it's definitely worth picking up, especially if you have it on Game Pass. Yeah, just download easy, it. Right? Like I said, it's a super small file, and their first yeah. uh, first little free content comes in July, and then it's like a jungle themed. So, pretty cool. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, sounds like a ton of fun, bro. Yeah, well, cool, so, man. So far, so good. It's, it's it's um yeah, it's just a pretty good couch game, I think. Well, I can't wait, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little whirl here, uh, dude. Maybe later on tonight. Yeah, man. Definitely worth checking out. But Andy, we got we got some news, man. We, we do. got some big stories. Ooh, Dude, I can't first wait. Up, man, IGN Summer of Gaming schedule has been announced. And mm. if you don't know what IGN Summer of Gaming, they actually tell us on their website, which is super slick. All right, Manny, from IGN. We at IGN are happy to reveal the schedule for our Summer of Gaming event in June, including our brand new IGN Expo Showcase, where we'll debut exclusive game reveals, trailers, and ready, Manny? Yes. Gameplay, gameplay demos, and more. (laughs) We're also excited to announce a series of charity events and special icons segments featuring interviews with iconic developers about some of the world's most influential games. You'll want to check out our full schedule for all the announcements, but over the month we'll be bringing you everything from Cyberpunk 2077 details to next-gen footage. Mm. 
to brand new game reveals to exclusive footage from the likes of Wasteland 3, New World, Samurai Jack, Battle for Time, and much, much more. You can check out the entire schedule at the bottom of, our, of this story that's on IGN and in the slideshow below. But remember that it's evolving with new games and developers joining the roster all the time. We can also say that you'll see the likes of Arcade 1UP, Blizzard EA, Facebook slash Oculus, Google Stadia, Square Enix, and Xbox appearing as part of Summer of Gaming, but those showings have not yet had their dates confirmed. Make sure to check back regularly for all the latest editions. Yeah. There you go, Manny. Dude, the month of June is going to be fantastic. There's 11, yes. uh, so far on the schedule, there's 11 separate dates mm. throughout the month of June, starting on the 4th, ending on the 24th. And like they said, all those other publishers, they don't even have a date yet on the, on the calendar. So th- mm-hmm. that's going to be filling in further. So just check out IGN.com if you want to see specifically. But man, Andy, there are a ton of uh, things on the schedule that just say like unannounced game. So we're yeah, going to yeah, be getting uh, some uh, uh, world premieres. Oh, world, world, world premiere, premiere, premiere. Dude, I am so excited. I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to checking this out throughout the month. Just something something cool that we get to look forward to uh, through the month of June. Super happy. Now, how do you feel about this versus what we have uh, just, you know, what we've had historically, right? This year being an oh. anomaly with everything being shut down do mm-hmm. you like the digital format do you like this how we've got like it seems just a yeah a, a cornucopia if you will of, well you know uh, yeah i i really stuff. enjoy e3 like i mm-hmm. like the being able to see like all this stuff poured in at one time but it does get pretty overwhelming this yes. kind of gives people an opportunity to showcase what they have to offer Mm-hmm. At at a, a pretty reasonable cadence throughout through well with what IGN is doing throughout one month right? right so so developers can come to IGN they say hey this is our product we want to be on the showcase please uh, mm-hmm. you know put us on your schedule and then we can all as viewers focus on that particular thing that day and talk mm-hmm. about that one thing so I think yes. overall this works out to be more beneficial for developers and publishers. And, and for um, us, Manny, and yeah, and and, and for <laughs> us to cover it, yeah, because it's yeah, that's right. you know it's it's like you can do one E3 show, yes, you know, talk for two hours and just right. jump through tons of hoops, right? Yes, but if you kind of spread it out, then you could really appreciate what's out there and give things mm-hmm. a bit more time. So more uh, attention. I think this is sure. going to be super positive, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think it's going to be good to be able to sort of. Uh, give everything, even some of the smaller stuff, right? Stuff that maybe we we might either gloss over or mm-hmm. n- not really spend a lot of time kind of digesting. Yeah, uh, it'll give us more time to really uh, pay attention to that and, and go over it in a meaningful way. Yes, uh, and and potentially give smaller games uh, uh, more of a more of a chance, right? More of an yeah, opportunity. Yeah, man, give to them shine. their time to shine, dude. That's yeah. that's positive because I'm sure it's it's really easy to get overlooked. When it's mm-hmm. like Keanu Reeves on stage, everybody's yes. talking about cyberpunk, and then those yes. little little guys slip through the cracks. So this this is good. Well, I know IGN is working very hard to put this together, from what I've heard mm-hmm. and read. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, big props to them. It's not like they get it paid extra to make these crazy things happen. So now is this the same as, uh, Oh, what's his face? Who, who bounced on E3? Oh, you're, you're talking about good old, uh, Jeff, uh, the Keely. game awards, yes. Jeff Keeley. Yeah. No, yes. this is completely separate. So this is a whole other thing. This is a whole nother thing. Jeff Keeley, they're still doing stuff. I didn't put it here in the notes. But he's been spending time with Riot this last week. They're they're uh, talking mm-hmm. about their whole uh, uh, League of Legends Wild Rift. That's going to be the mobile slash console version of League of Legends. Ooh, uh, they, okay. They've been talking. He's been talking about that. That's that's not in this week's show. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. but the info's out there uh, on the mm-hmm. uh, the Game Awards YouTube channel. So there mm-hmm. there's he's still going strong with with. Uh, with stuff and he's going to be doing it similar instead of you know IGN is cramming it all into one month he's doing it over the next three four months right right well nice very nice either way a lot of stuff for us to go over right yeah for sure um, exciting times and yeah I'm I'm actually pretty impressed with what the IGN is doing uh, because they just saw this need uh, they said you know let's work hard let's put put this together and I, I listen to I, some IGN podcasts they're kind of, you know, some of the people that are usually there are like, no, they're working on this thing. You know, they're not, they're not going to be here this week. They're probably not going to be there until like this thing's over. But yeah. So, and it's got to be hard coordinating at home with all these studios, you know, with a bunch of people who are at their own home. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Best of luck to well, them. I'm cool, sure it's going to be cool. There you go. There you go. So next up, Andy, some sad, sad news. Oh, BlizzCon dude, like- 2020 <clears throat> has officially been canceled. The worst kept secret in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, to to no one's surprise, really. But this is this yeah. is just from their blog. All right, ready? Yeah, dude. Several weeks ago, from the from Blizzard blog, several weeks ago, I shared an update about our uncertainties around holding BlizzCon this year. Since then, a lot has changed. And a lot also hasn't changed. During this time, we've had many discussions about what holding a convention could look like in light of all the health and safety considerations we'd want to make. We've also talked about different paths we could take and how each one could be complicated by fluctuations in national and local health guidelines in the months ahead. Ultimately, after considering our options, we've come to the very difficult uh, decision to not have BlizzCon this year. We're talking about how we might be able to channel the BlizzCon spirit and connect you with uh, connect with you in some way online, far less imp- impacted by the state of health and safety protocols for mass in-person gatherings. We'd want to do this as soon as we could, but given that this is a new-ish territory and the different factors involved, it will most likely uh, be sometime early next year. Wow, that's a long ways away, Manny. Yeah, and it's and it's pretty surprising. Nobody thought BlizzCon would happen. Everybody thought it'd be canceled, but we all thought it would just be a digital event. They put on yes. this huge, you know, it's called a virtual ticket. They put mm-hmm. that on every single year. Every year, I look forward to watching it um, because I'm crazy and and I still <laughs> uh, there's a part of my heart that it really loves Blizzard products. Yes, but uh, yes. even though they don't love me back, jerks. Anyway, <laughs> they don't. <sorry>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm wounded. Andy. I'm wounded. Yes. yes. Uh, so this this is kind of a crazy announcement. I did not expect that they would say we'll do something digital, but we can't do it until next year because of how they have to change what BlizzCon will look like. Because yeah. it was just live streams of their panels. There's lots of panels. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was community interaction because thousands of people go to BlizzCon. And yeah. that is a part of the BlizzCon content. So yeah. to be able to pull off a live stream and just to have all these different panels for all their games and stuff, they, they I think they just feel that that format simply will not work. That they have to come with mm-hmm. a completely new thing and they're going to need extra months to get that done so it, it, BlizzCon usually happens towards the end of the year uh, the last couple mm-hmm. months there uh, so they're thinking beginning of next 2021 so mm-hmm. I guess ultimately you're looking at a few months of a delay on what mm-hmm. we would get from a BlizzCon but mm-hmm. honestly I don't know man I don't know what they're going to do what they're going to talk about because if you look at what they're doing now Overwatch 2 seems like the the soonest thing that's going to be released. Yeah. So I guess maybe that'll coincide with the release of Overwatch 2 at the beginning of 2021. Like, Mm. who knows when Diablo 4 is coming? Oh, man. (laughs) I suspect that's a long ways away, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, Man, who knows, dude? I I will say that it is... um, It's a bit of a shock, man. Although I can appreciate uh, their their nerves surrounding uh, a, a digital event, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it is uncharted territory. We have seen how uh, odd that can be, uh, especially in some of the, like, you know, I don't know if you've been keeping up with some of like the late night shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- they just don't, they're not the same, right? Um, and so there's something to be said about watching certain um, media with a live audience, right? With people actually standing there under the lights, feeding off the energy of the crowd, and uh, or or failing to feed off the yeah. energy of the crowd, <laughs> as, we've, as we've seen Blizzard do sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so it, it, it is. It is. Uh, you know, it's understandable, but also a little odd that they would just put it off for so long. Um, yeah. Maybe their goal is to see how uh, all this shakes out and maybe the postponement, it would be more of like, well, let's see if we can actually pull this off live, right? Versus yeah. trying to do this digitally. So who knows? We'll see, man. Um, but like you said, you know, the things that we care about seem like uh, uh, are are a little further out. So, um, you know. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe it's, it'll give them time to show us something better. Yeah, I mean, and that's the only thing that I can think of. Like, why not have your virtual ticket still during yeah. the normal BlizzCon uh, time frame? Well, mm-hmm. they may not have anything to really talk about. Sometimes whenever it's a BlizzCon, there's no major announcements. Then it mm-hmm. becomes far more about what they have and, and about the community and the people that go there. Um, but right. if if you're just missing that whole piece of the pie, dude, then then you got to really think outside the box. And I think for them, that just means, okay, we need to focus on how to make a digital only event, And to be able to do that with the type of quality people will actually pay money for, uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to need a few more months to figure that out. So Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah. The BlizzCon's crazy, man. It's it's a big thing, and it's a big thing for Blizzard esports too. A lot of finals go down around Blizzard and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a you know for actually for millions of people, it's it's a it's a thing that mm-hmm. that you know they look forward to, me included. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, pretty crazy, man. But uh, that's that's the way it's going this year. Boo. <laughs> uh, next up Andy this is kind of a quick story but um, mm. I was happy about it because this is something that I installed on my phone uh, mm. Xbox announces the Xbox family settings app uh, from the Xbox uh, news website it says safety mm. is a huge priority at Xbox and we've been working for years to offer families tools to find the right balance of gaming in their lives and to fit their unique needs Family settings on Xbox includes more than 20 customizable features to help parents add screen time limits, set content filters, and manage who their children can play and communicate with. This provides parents with a choice and flexibility to decide what settings are right for their children. Today, I'm excited to announce an update to our safety offerings, the Xbox Family Settings app, available now in preview on Android and iOS, which makes it easy to manage family settings from anywhere. And these are a few of the bullet points you can uh, deal with the screen time limits, content filters, play communication settings, and an activity report. So you could actually have the this app kind of read on your kids and tell you everything mm. they've been doing with Xbox, which is great because my kids are 9 and 12. And I tell you what, Andy, sometimes they just can't be trusted, dude. Uh, what <laughs> you don't say no get out of here manny no no like i'm going to work sometimes dude and they're like see you dad they're getting ready for school and then uh i come to find out that they just immediately turn on the xbox while my wife is upstairs dealing with the four-year-old and they're not allowed to do that they're supposed to be having breakfast and starting school so uh dude, those little turds dude i know man they're <laughs> sneaky they're but, so uh, sneaky <laughs> So this little tool is going to help me manage my children's screen time, which is great because I am a firm believer that uh, you, you can't just give your key, kids the keys to the car, man. You got to uh, you got to you got to have a, a level of control. So mm-hmm. what do you think, buddy? Are you going to install this thing or, or are your kids uh, old enough, responsible enough? This isn't a oh, thing for you. No, no. M- Manny, you might argue that I am not responsible (laughs) (laughs) this family settings app might be the perfect tool for me (laughs) yeah um oh of course dude yeah Yeah. absolutely you know this thing is definitely getting installed um you know my oldest doesn't worry me so much he's Mm -hmm. uh, a bit of a a journey a journey person in that uh you know he'll he'll have his seasons right where he's heavily into gaming and then currently you know his Interests seem to be more in music, so he's you know a lot of guitar, a lot of piano for him. Um, yeah, and uh, so he kind of dips his toe in and out. My yeah. youngest, however, takes after his father, and uh, definitely, definitely um, need to keep tabs on that for uh-huh. sure. I give them a, I I give them a long leash. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I would not describe my parenting style as a, a, like a helicopter parent. <laughs> I'm more, you know, my boys, I like to give them, uh, what is it more? I'm a, I'm a free range parent, right? Like <laughs> I have a uh, free range children. Um, but you know, you know, my, my sort of mantra with them is, uh, you can, you, uh, 
I want you to make your own decisions, but every decision you make has a consequence, right? So I'm not going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to spank you. I'm not going to do anything crazy like that. But if, if you make a poor decision, we are definitely going to have a conversation and there will be a consequence as a result, right? But I Mm -hmm. want you to have the confidence to make those decisions and to make those mistakes, you know? Yeah. Um, and it served me well, but, uh, I did, uh, catch my youngest playing Xbox way later than he should have, you know, like this, this little sneaky sucker. Um, <laughs> so yeah, something like this yeah. that can tell me, Hey, he was playing around this time. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I need to do some stuff. So <laughs> very nice. That's funny. Like I, I set up my, um, uh, I was messing with the parent controls and mm-hmm. this was like, uh, before this app, like, so this was a couple of weeks ago, just doing it through the website and like, so I, I was setting like times so that they can't log into Xbox in the morning when I, you know, mm-hmm. when, when they're being all sneaky and stuff, but, uh, I accidentally included it on my PC as well. So like my kid, like couldn't start doing school cause they're homeschooled and one of them oh. doesn't on my computer and I have it to where, you know, he logs in cause it's, you know, he has limited accessibility to things on my computer when he logs in. Mm. So so it there's there's uh there's some actually some granular details that you can kind of uh drill down into to to kind of be specific, you know, is this PC time, is this Xbox time? And so so I, I actually found that to be like pretty impressive. Like they didn't they didn't have to do all that. And this mm-hmm. isn't something that I had when I was a kid. My parents didn't have tools like that to manage me. They they you know, I was one of eight. So you know, wild in the streets, dude. But, dude, those Wild West days are done. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. No, for sure, man. For <laughs> sure. Especially with this, right? We can keep track of them. Yeah. But cool, man. Dude. We'll keep everybody updated. Man, there's this cool story on uh, Xbox's website about their backwards compatibility program. Oh, and yes. I I'm saw kind of this, blown dude. away by this. This is, I think, is a pretty big deal. This is a may huge I, win for Xbox. May I just really quickly on yeah. the front end kind of uh, say that it's it's look, PS uh, Sony has had a little bit of a, a comeback here in the last few weeks. Right. It seems like they're doing all the right things, kind of having a little bit of success in in sort of, you know, the 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 progression of us seeing and 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 getting the next generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. But. A knock on them has always been their sort of their backwards compatibility library, and what Xbox is doing, man, is incredible, dude. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is this is a big, this is huge. You're right for for Microsoft. So um, anyway, continue, Manny. Um, well, do you want to uh, take us through some of these articles here? Here, this isn't the full article. I just grabbed a few quotes here. Okay, but I think I think this is enough to to give us to kind of paint the picture of what's going on. From the Xbox website, right? Yes. Uh, Through a tremendous amount of hard work, technical innovation, and partnership with the industry's leading creators, we were not only able to bring more than 500 Xbox 360 games to Xbox One, we were able to go back even further into the archives and resurrect some of your favorite franchises from the original Xbox. 
the very same team who created new innovative ways to preserve and enhance your existing existing catalog of games on Xbox One is the same team pushing the envelope again with the Xbox Series X. With more than 100,000 hours of playtesting already completed, thousands of games are already playable on Xbox Series X today, from the biggest blockbusters to cult classics and fan favorites. Many of us in Team Xbox play on the Xbox Series X daily as our primary console, and switching between generations is seamless. By the time we launch this holiday, the team will have spent well over 200,000 hours ensuring your game library is ready for you to jump in immediately. Not only should gamers be able to play all of the, uh, all of these games from the past, but they should be, should play better than ever before. Backwards compatible games run natively on the Xbox Series X hardware, running with the full power of the CPU, GPU, and the SSD. No boost mode, no down clocking, the full power of the Xbox Series X for each and every backward compatible game. Wow. Let's take a moment to absorb that. Yeah, that is, that's a big deal because it's not running some type of type of like emulation software so that you're just getting the exact experience you had before. Right. It is playing these games better than they've ever been played before on a console. And to be able to use, to utilize all the power of your GPU, CPU, (laughs) and even the speed of your SSD natively that is mm-hmm. really impressive. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's never been done before on a console, right? It's usually mm-hmm. just some type of like, um, you know, it, it's, it makes you like right now, if I play a game, it, it feels like I am booting up like a 360. Well, it's exactly like that, right? Because right? even like the, 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 the start screen shows up and that's it's right. the same. Exactly. It's like it takes you back to the old OS in yes. quotes, right? Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, so this is this is a a, a massive uh, improvement here, and mm-hmm. something that um, I I just I don't think we should overlook how how cool that is. Very cool, very cool. But to continue, Manny, mm-hmm. this means that all titles run at the peak performance that they were originally designed for. Many times, even higher performance than the games saw on their original launch platform, resulting in higher and more steady frame rates and rendering at their maximum resolution and visual quality. Backwards compatible titles also see significant reductions in in-game load times from the massive leap in performance from our custom NVMe SSD, which powers the Xbox Velocity architecture. The team was not content to just rely on the increased hardware performance to improve your playing experience. The team developed new platform level capabilities to ensure all of your games continue to get even better. In partnership with the Xbox Advanced Technology Group, Xbox Series X delivers a new innovative HDR reconstruction technique which enables the platform to automatically add HDR support to games. Insane, once again. That is Um, so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, does that mean that, uh, I mean, I, it can't be like perfect, right? Like I, I can't imagine that, uh, like an original Xbox title, let's say, um, you know, one of my favorites was, uh, Crimson Skies, mm-hmm. right? I can't imagine that, like the picture quality, the graphics quality on that game can be to a degree that it would take advantage of 
of the the detail that uh, you know 4K monitors or you know the the TVs that are coming out can uh, can render or am I misunderstanding that? Well, there there will be some measure. I mean, and it's going to be a game to game basis. Mm-hmm. There will be some kind of measure of upscaling to to mm-hmm. higher resolutions, right? Like 4K. Mm-hmm. And right. when you upscale something, you know, the the that specific detail, if it was native 4K, uh you're you're not going to have that, but it will look uh just much better, right? It's going to look yeah. better. So I think the bare minimum here is that all of those old games that are supported, they're going to run great, better than ever. Um, uh, and and we- they may even run like better than you, better on the, than on the original boxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that it'll be interesting to see that if nothing else, what this technology does in in improving that experience right certainly like you said right and and it's assumed right that that it's not going to be as as awesome as what the technology can do today right but to see and compare the difference between how it was originally uh and what it looks like today with the with you know taking advantage of all that beefed up technology yeah uh, it'll be kind of cool to see what that looks like on screen right uh, yeah, it'll it'll be. I in many ways, I think it's like the the a better test of what the technology is capable of than just saying like, oh look, this is a new game developed for this, and it looks really pretty. We expect that, but how does it do when we we bring something that's old, and how much is the improvement when when we look at it on the screen, right? Yeah, or when we experience it on the screen. So that'll be. I'm really interested to see that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair to to expect uh, a 360 game to look as though it was just a 2020 released game, right? Right. You know, right. that's that's not the level that they're talking about here. And that, that no, just, you know, not. I don't even know what that would even look like. But, right. you know, the first thing here, like the HDR support is, is, is a really great technology because the, all those games, they were not made with HDR in mind. Of course. So yeah. they're they're able to to look at how lighting is being used in games and how to change it so that that high dynamic range will be displayed and will it look good? Will it look bad? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's, but I think I think it's going to be cool to see. It's so crazy, and I'll, I'll continue with the article because there's a few more mm. paragraphs here. But it is so crazy to hear you kind of explain this to 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 think that when these games were made. And I don't know that this is true, right? But when these games were made, let's say original Xbox. Yeah. Was HDR even a thing that they thought was possible, right? Was that even an idea that was had yet? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, pro- pro- I mean, for their games, for the games that they're making here, uh-huh. like, you know, the 360 games and stuff like that. It's like, like, no, like that was just yeah. not in the cards. Right, and, regardless and yet, of what's that? No, I'm saying, and yet they're able to today say, "Hey, th- this isn't something that you even considered when you made this game, but yes. we're going to weave it into the game." You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that's so crazy. That's mm-hmm. insane to to think like it's like backwards engineering almost, right? Or maybe that's exactly what it is. I don't know. I'm yeah, it, I'm a dumb person. Well, <laughs> but it's it's crazy to see that they can they they could do that, you know. Yeah, and it is important to note that high dynamic range is something that your monitor has to support. 
either mm-hmm. your monitor or your, your television. It has to be HDR compatible. And not all right. HDR is the same. So you can mm-hmm. have like, if you have a monitor and it has like HDR 400, that's actually not very good HDR. Like you may mm-hmm. not even see much of a difference. Um, but you might be fortunate enough to have a monitor that has like HDR, uh, like uh, HDR, was it 1000 or 100? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, you know, you, you can go up much, much higher, uh, 1000 rather. And just, mm-hmm. and that's just the, the contrast between very, very light point and a very, very dark point. And mm-hmm. um, just that contrast can look more like true to life. Right. Mm -hmm, Because, mm -hmm. you know, your Mm -hmm. eyeballs, when you go outside, you're seeing some high dynamic range. That's not easy to duplicate on screen. So it's pretty cool technology to to kind of uh, give you a better experience. Very cool. To wrap this up, Manny, Mm -hmm. in addition, the new quick quick, uh, resume feature was designed not only to work with new games, but it can also be enabled for backward backward (laughs) compatible titles. Beginning with Xbox One X, the compatibility... compatibility team developed brand new innovations that could be applied to a a hand curated list of titles to enhance them even further than what was possible when they were first created mind blowing techniques such as the oh hoichi method oh sounds great do you love it the the hoochie method (laughs) (laughs) you knew I was going to go there Uh, which enables titles to render to render with increased resolutions up to 4K or applying anisotropic filtering. Did I say that right, Manny? Uh, Yes, you did. Okay. To improve the final image quality, bring uh, these classic games up to modern standards better than ever before. The the (laughs) compatibility team (laughs) has invented brand new techniques that enable even more titles to run at higher resolutions and image quality while still respecting the artistic intent and vision of the original creators. We are also creating whole new classes of innovations, including the ability to double the frame rate of select set uh, of a select set of titles from 30 to 60 or from 60 to 120 FPS. Oh, this is man. all pretty impressive, man. I'm not a technology guy, but uh, it this is pretty freaking cool, man. Yes, it it is cool. And I think it is a, a significant thing to be able to push uh, high frame rates on some of these old titles. And, you know, there's a lot of old competitive games that were always, you know, fun to play, but you can tell it was really stressing the power of your Xbox because mm-hmm. they're trying to push to a particular resolution, but also to a particular frame rate as well. And a lot of times it ended up being just 30 frames. So imagine, you know, those, those old games giving you an actually smooth experience, mm-hmm. man, that's good. It's good stuff, man. Can't oh, wait yeah. to see yeah. uh, what games are supported. That's going to be pretty good, man. Oh yeah, man. I can't. Yeah, that this is very exciting. Very exciting stuff. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, and as far as backwards compatibility goes, uh, I think Xbox basically has this thing in the bag, dude. They've they've oh. been doing great this whole generation with that, and I don't see them slowing down, uh, especially since it doesn't seem like PlayStation cares that much about about the that old library oh yeah i know man they've they've really done 
well, nothing <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to, you know, fix that. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is pretty, pretty good. It's very good news for Microsoft. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's move on to a bit of steam news, Andy. Ooh. So, uh, I heard you like clouds. How about some steam cloud? Listen. The only cloud I'm interested in right now is NVIDIA GeForce, okay? If that's what we're talking about, that, then yes, I'm interested. So this is from uh, Steam's blog. Uh, Steam mm -hmm. Cloud Play is currently in beta and features are being added over time. We are now accepting a limited amount of games into the service as we continue to build features and service capacity for players. The first service we are connecting to Steam to allow users to play games from their Steam library from the cloud is NVIDIA GeForce Now. Ooh. Oh, man. It, Currently, NVIDIA right GeForce in the Now. <laughs> right in the feels, dude. is available mm. in North America, Western Europe, and Asia Pacific. Currently, Steam users will need to download the GeForce Now client and connect their Steam accounts to the GFN service to play their Steam library. The user may pay a subscription cost to use the GeForce Now services. Customers will continue to acquire games on Steam the same way they do today, and partner payouts will remain the same. These cloud services enable Steam users to play their Steam libraries in the cloud like they can play on a local PC. Developers, mm. now this is an important note, and this was actually a big story in and of itself before uh, the Steam article came out. Uh, developers must manually opt into games they wish to make available on GeForce Now. So, what, uh, with all that being said, we know GeForce Now had a strong start, like a million people really quickly, which is very impressive. Uh, but then publishers started pulling out saying, hey, you didn't even ask permission. We're not doing this. So people started leaving. Uh, Steam has this cool service, the Steam uh, Cloud Play, where they will allow you to connect the, your Steam library to these online services. And the first one that they are connecting is GeForce Now. So um, mm. I feel in a lot of ways this kind of saves GeForce Now because they seem to be in a significant amount of trouble from all the people backing out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. So I, I think this is really positive for NVIDIA and for Steam as well and for players uh, because nobody wants to buy the same game like twice just to mm -hmm. access it somewhere else. Oh, no, no, definitely. Least of all me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, the fact that... Um, uh, that I could ha potentially have access to my, uh, you know, at the very least my steam library mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, uh, among other developers, right. Epic has been pretty friendly to, uh, to uh, uh, NVIDIA. NVIDIA. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, dude, it, I'm pretty excited about that, dude. I, I, you know, there was a moment there where I thought, well, gosh, man, it, it's terrible that, you know, that, you know, all these big companies are sort of, uh, asphyxiating this, you know, this pretty cool service that NVIDIA is offer offering. And so, you know, this, this is, uh, this doesn't come, uh, you know, couldn't be a better timing for, yeah. for, you know, steam to kind of 
mm-hmm. hop in like this. So I'm I'm pretty pretty pumped about it, dude. Yeah, and it was it was kind of sad because you saw how a lot of uh, publishers and developers their motives were kind of coming through the paint here, where you can see that uh, they're like, well, we're not going to make money on this title twice from the same customer. We mm-hmm. we want people to buy the game twice if they want to play it on you know multiple platforms. So and then also we saw the publishers you know thinking that well if we're not making extra money from this. We don't want to be a part of it. So it's it's kind of funny because all it is is a virtual PC that you're renting access to. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. It's not it's yeah. nothing else. So yeah, this this is I think this is positive in, in a lot of ways and hopefully people start to opt in and hopefully uh hopefully this this you know GeForce Now will just be an option for gamers going forward as opposed to uh you know being something that oh it looks cool but ah oh, my game's not supported so I don't know mm-hmm. we'll see going forward I guess yeah 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 we'll see how it plays out but Andy let's uh let's end the show with some PlayStation news well, if we must <laughs> <laughs> um so this is an interesting story uh, a couple stories here from Eurogame actually the first mm-hmm. one is PlayStation Four games must run on PlayStation Five if they release. In the month of July, uh, starting July 13th. So this is kind mm. of interesting. Sony has come out and they set out a mandate. If you release any game for PlayStation 4, it must run on PlayStation 5. Um, there's there's this whole uh, certification uh, compatibility thing that they're going to go through and they'll reach out to developers to help them with that. But a game will be deemed compatible with PlayStation 5 only if it is uh, uh, if its submission code runs without issue on Sony's next gen console, the PlayStation Five, with all the exact same uh, features as it does on the mm-hmm. PlayStation Four, so yeah. that's that's kind of an interesting thing, and it it's interesting because whenever a new console launches, you don't have a lot of things to do with it apart from mm-hmm. a few launch titles traditionally. So what Xbox is doing is they are like making home runs with their backwards compatibility list so much so that they say, hey, you're going to be able to play thousands of games as soon as this thing launches, even if you don't even buy a single day one title, which is Mm -hmm. amazing and phenomenal. That's that's great for the customer. Very customer focused. It seems to me like Sony may be trying to do a little catch up here saying, "Uh, okay." We're not going to have a ton of launch titles for PlayStation 5. Uh, we need some of these games that are being made for PlayStation 4 to run on PlayStation 5 so people have things to play. I don't know. That's my take, Andy. What What do you think yeah. about this, and how does this kind of strike you? Man, honestly, uh, y- you know, it just it, it continues to uh, speak volumes about, you know, the lack of... Uh, I don't want to say commitment. Maybe that's a bit of a strong word, uh, but uh, interest mm-hmm. in in backwards compatibility that uh, that Sony has, right? And yeah. they showed it to us in in the last uh, generation. So I don't know, man. For some reason, it just doesn't matter to them. And, and you know, who knows? There maybe there's metrics that that we don't know that that tell them the story, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Maybe they're justified in their decision, but I, I certainly think that 
in the court of 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 you know popular opinion yeah um you know i think the general public disagrees right that's something that's very important so yeah i think so but you know to to spin this in a positive way i think this is mm-hmm. good for people who want to buy a playstation 5 and who may not be super excited about the the release titles or maybe there's just not a lot of day one titles maybe there's only like two or three you know, mm-hmm. you'll be able with with this mandate now, you'll be able to play Cyberpunk 2077 on your PlayStation 5, and it has to work. Otherwise, it us. can't release on PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Sony is playing some hardball here, forcing compatibility. But, um, you know, it may work out positive for people that just, you know, between July until the PlayStation 5, all those titles, you'll be able to play on a PlayStation 5. It's not going to be optimized for it. It's not a next-gen title all of a sudden, magically, uh, but it will right. work. So I, yeah. I think that's that's the kind of thing. we They need to have more titles working on the PlayStation 5, especially in light of this massive backwards compatibility list from Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, they giveth and they taketh away, right, Manny? That's right, dude. With this next story, a, a bit more controversy, if you can call it. I don't know. Mm. From uh, So uh, Sony apparently has no interest in making PlayStation 5 games run on your PS4. So, which is which is in contrast to what Microsoft is doing yes, again. They correct? promised at least the first one to two years, every Xbox Series X game will work on your Xbox One. So mm-hmm. they're they're promising, hey, if you just bought a console and you want to play these next gen titles, the uh they're promising at least their first party games, they will work on your box as well, even if they're made for the future box. So mm. that is that is really cool. Uh Xbox has no goals like that. Uh CEO Jim Ryan speaks to gamesindustry.biz, uh confirmed that the company has no interest in making its PlayStation 5 games compatible with the PlayStation 4. Uh, Quote, we have always said that we believe in generations, he explains. We believe that when you go to all the trouble of creating a next Mm. generation console, that it should include features and benefits that the previous generation's uh, generation does not include. Mm. So uh, because of their, you know, controllers, special heptic feedback or whatever, I don't know. Whatever features that are special, they're basically saying, you know what, Uh, they're so special, games are made specifically for that, and PS4 can't utilize those features, therefore, they don't need to run on PlayStation 4. They shouldn't run on PlayStation 4, because this is now a new generation. So, if the water in my game can't look this nice on on your crappy old PS4, (laughs) no, we're not. That's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I know a lot of people are spinning this the other way. They're kind of saying, well, they're not allowing the old generation to hamper development for the new. So this is a very Mm -hmm. positive thing. Uh, I I completely disagree. I think this is not a uh, customer-focused attitude here. I think this is all about selling new boxes. This is about pushing forward. Well, yeah, we just sold 100 million of the PlayStation 4 we need to match that mm-hmm. number within a few years with a PlayStation 5, so therefore we have to kill the old hardware. I'm sure they're going to continue to support PlayStation 4, obviously. That is that is no question. They even talk about that 
in the interview with GamesIndustry.biz. But the fact of the matter is uh, Microsoft just has a much better customer-focused approach to this. And you know, it's funny because, um, you know, a while back we talked about how Microsoft doesn't consider its historic rivals as its competition anymore, right? True. Uh, they're like, you know, Sony, uh, Nintendo, that's not our competition. Yeah. We're, we're looking past that. But for, <laughs> you know, for like Sony not being their competition, man, it, they're just, you know, they're, they're really, uh, you know, they're, they're putting a beating on them, man. Um, I yeah. think PlayStation will always have, or at least for the foreseeable future, will have the exclusives. But that's pretty much it, man. Yeah. And I mean, that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. But yeah. But, but as far as everything else, man, it just oof. Yeah, and they're they're you know? operating from a completely different scope. Like Sony is mm. just a tiny, small fraction of what Microsoft is. Even though mm. Sony has a much more successive successful console, Microsoft is like an extremely profitable company and Sony is profitable but they are nowhere near Microsoft right so they have mm-hmm. to make these decisions to where profitability is really something that they have to strive for as opposed to saying hey we need to take these sacrifices so we can grow in this market they really need to tune things so that even with the release of the PlayStation 5 we already know it's it's not going to be as powerful as a console on paper as the Series X uh, but they have to operate within that sp- a specific budget. If they're selling close to cost, that could only happen for a certain amount of time. So you, it's it's a juggling act between what components do you use, what price point do we sell, and when do we come become profitable when we sell these things if we have to begin to sell them at a loss. So mm-hmm. it, it is, you know, they're totally different companies, so they have to have different approaches. But I I think at the end of the day, when you're blatantly showing yourself as a company who is for the customer that is that goodwill goes a long way and that's what Microsoft is doing and to me it seems Sony is just continuing on their uh, current path uh, but they do have that lockdown on those exclusives and that is a big big deal dude mm-hmm. yeah but those those exclusives Andy I think we're going to be hearing more about that real soon Uh, Because this next story, Andy, we have all been invited to take a look into the future of gaming on PlayStation 5. Ooh. Yeah, this this will definitely be uh, where uh, Sony Sony shines, I'm sure, man. Mm -hmm. You know, those exclusives, like you said. Yeah. But here we go from the PlayStation blog. With each generation from the first PlayStation to the PlayStation 4, we aim higher and we push the boundaries further to try and deliver better experiences for our community. This has been the mission of the PlayStation brand for more than 25 years, a mission I have been a part of nearly since the beginning. There are a few things there are few things as exciting as the launch of a new console. While this road to launch has been a bit different, to say the least, We are as thrilled as ever to bring you with us on the journey to redefine the future of video games. We've shared technical specifications and shown you the new DualSense wireless controller. But what is a launch without games? 
That's why I'm excited to share <laughs> that we will soon give you a first look at the games you'll be playing after PlayStation 5 launches this holiday. The games coming to PS5 represent the best in the industry from innovative studios that span the globe. Studios both larger and smaller, those newer and those more established all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the hardware. This digital showcase will run for a bit more than an hour and for the first time we will all be together virtually experiencing the the excitement together. A lack of physical events has given us an amazing opportunity to think differently and bring you on this journey with us, and hopefully closer than ever before. This is part of our series of PS5 updates, and rest assured, after next week's showcase, we will still have much to share with you. Please join us on Twitch or YouTube on June 4th at 1 p.m. Pacific uh, Time, 9 p.m. I don't know what BST is. <laughs> Best. <laughs> 10 p.m. Uh, yeah, right. And 10 p.m. Uh, CEST. These times are pretty wacky. I don't know that they're Pacific, Manny. Some, well, Pacific. somebody listening to this is saying, what are you talking about? That's my time. What? That's not. Yeah, that's Polynesian daytime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I need to check the downloads from Polynesia. But yeah. Point is, June 4th, everybody. June 4th yes. at various times. Look them up. Twitch and YouTube. Um, but... Uh, but there you go, from G- Jim Ryan, Manny. Yeah, dude. And his last statement there, I hope we can make you proud. They are, I almost said they're fixing to. Yeah, that's a Midwest thing. Uh, they are about to show us what we want to see, and that's games. I mean, they're pretty mm-hmm. explicit in this article. Whatever happened with Microsoft's, uh, you know, wah-wah, that's not been lost yeah. on them. Yeah. They are committed to showing us some games. And yeah. So they were specific. They said games uh that will be launching uh after the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Um so these are not going to be a bunch of launch titles. There may be some mm-hmm. in there, but this is basically the the upcoming roster uh probably soon after release, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. But Man, Andy, we're finally going to see some games, dude. And we'll and we'll know, yeah, we'll know what they are, right? Because yeah. I mean, with their focus has been, you know, Ghosts of uh, Tsushima, uh-huh. uh, Last of Us, yes, um, you know, those titles uh, here recently, yeah. Um, in terms of exclusives, uh, so yeah, dude, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they have in store for us. Maybe n- not necessarily exclusives, but certainly. What uh, what what is in store for uh, the PlayStation right past its launch? So yeah, dude, that'll be that'll be really cool, man. What do you think? In any it. speculation? Well, honestly, I I don't I I honestly don't have any because you know Walmart Canada totally dropped the ball this year. We have no leaks, <laughs> dude. Last year they really letting out. us down, aren't they? Yeah. So I I don't know what to think. The one thing that I was wanting to see but probably won't based on this article's focus is the hardware. Like I want to see mm-hmm. the box. So Yes. Yeah. There was a a rumor story that said the box looks very different than the Series X. Well, I hope it would. It's totally a different company. Uh but right. but the speculation was that it's going to be twice the size of a PlayStation Pro. 
Um, oh my gosh! And I, I, you know, that thing is the PlayStation Pro is is kind of a, a it's not as small as the Slim, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that big, but being twice as big as that, that's pretty big. And and it it would only be because of cooling, like yeah, that their whatever their cooling solution is, that hardware needs some fresh air like rapidly. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to see it. Like, I just want to see what it looks like and and it doesn't even matter. Like, (laughs) like it could, it could be in the shape of a horseshoe and it wouldn't matter. dude. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, here come the memes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I know. uh, Right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It'd be cool to see it. Um, we'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, You're right. Speculating uh, would be silly at this point, but wouldn't it be cool if we did see something like, I don't know, maybe like a Horizon Zero Dawn sort yeah. of teaser or something like that, you know what I mean? Yep, that would uh, be cool. God of War, maybe. Who knows? I'm probably way off the mark. Well, or you know, that's not. that's the inclination, right, is think of sequels to those great games that are on PlayStation 4 right now. Right. 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 So, so yeah. other than that, you know, there's just the unknown. And I just hope that yeah. they bring some really good IP. Uh, I hope they bring something that is so good that makes me think, for the first time, I need to buy a PlayStation. Because bro, I'm I, there I already, bro. That. Listen, you uh-huh. give me Samurais, <laughs> I will I will throw money at the screen. Dude, they're already so, there for you, man. I know, right? So Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. one last note about um, The Last of Us Part Two. Mm. is that this week they released, or last week, they released like 20 minutes of gameplay. Um, I'm, well, I'm sure... Well, they released the whole story. <laughs> yeah, it's true, dude. It's been leaked. Uh, but yeah. I didn't want to put it in the notes because um, that game's all about story, and I thought it'd be kind yeah. of pointless if we ruined any story. Yes, so for, sure, for sure. Nobody's buying The Last of Us because uh, they want to you know, ride a horse. So that's true. That's true. (laughs) This is true. But uh, that's it, buddy. That's this week's news in games. And, dude, a lot of cool stuff to look forward to this month, the month of June. It's going to be super hype, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, I can't wait, man, for us to to start picking some of these these titles apart, some of the stuff that's on the horizon. Mm. Um, some of it, I Fun think we, we have a decent idea. Yeah, right. Some of this, <laughs> uh, some of this, we have a pretty good idea about, right? Kinda, yeah. Uh, but uh, but then you know, I'm sure there's a lot of new stuff out there that we haven't even. There is. They've told us there's new stuff. Yes, <laughs> that yes, we haven't indeed, even seen. Man. So I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's a good time, and I think the whole uh, E3 being absent, I think it's going to work out for the better as far as having a lot of uh, information kind of stretched out over some time as opposed to everything dumping at once and missing a bunch of stuff. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, man. So, my friends, thanks for hanging out with with us this week. And thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. Thanks for helping us. We really appreciate it. If you have any information for us, any feedback, any stories, any uh, corrections, anything... Go to GamingAdventureClub.com. Find the links there. You could communicate with us uh, through that means. Or if you would like to join our little gaming club, come to the 
gamingadventureclub.com slash discord and jump on in. Definitely. Definitely. We're having a lot of fun in there. Yes, indeed. Um, so, my friends, until next time, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. Mm-hmm.